Hello, it's Bria, Katie, and Lawton from the Office of Student Life and Leadership. Welcome to another episode of Heal Talks. This podcast is dedicated to providing you with leadership development and civic engagement content through honest conversations and storytelling from UNC students, staff, faculty, and community members. We believe that leadership is a learned process, so thank you for taking the time to learn with us. With that being said, let's get into the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Heal Talks. I'm here with Veda Patil. Veda, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Veda Patil. Um, I'm a senior from Charlotte, North Carolina, studying political science and English. Um, and I am one of the co-presidents of the Campus Y. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm really excited to talk to you. So could you tell me a little bit more about your leadership experience and background and just a little bit more about your current position in the Campus Y? Yeah, um, so I started with student leadership my sophomore year uh, when I was the editor of um, a South Asian literary magazine uh, called UNC Monsoon. Um, I had been a contributor my first year and then the leaders at the time had graduated and so they gave me and another another person um, sort of co-president positions. And then in addition to that, I joined the Institute of Politics my sophomore year as the originating director of outreach. And so that was a lot of like coordinating um, sort of like civic engagement programs and reaching out to underrepresented campus groups and asking them to sort of partake in the resources that the IOP could offer. Um, And the IOP was very much sort of like in its infancy as an organization at the time. Um, And so it was a lot of like building up like organizational structure, which I think was really valuable experience. Um, At the same time, I've been involved in the Campus Y since my first year as a Bonner leader, um, which is a four year long work study program that you apply to as an incoming first year. Um, And you are essentially placed in an organization in either Chapel Hill or Carborough, um, a local nonprofit, and you work there for four years and essentially work your way up in a nonprofit organization and you're able to earn your work study money through that. And so I was participating in the campus Y through that. Um, my junior year, I become the chair of programming um, at the Institute of Politics, which is essentially another co-president type position. I think they've changed the structure since I've left, but um, in addition to that, I became the director of outreach for campus Y exec. And yeah, this past year, um, me and one of my best friends, Delaney Wirakoti, she's also a Bonner. She was also a Global Gap Year Fellow with the Campus Y. Um, we decided to run for co-presidents in last, last yeah, last December. Um, and we conducted a campaign in January and February. And we ran unopposed, so it wasn't really like a competitive campaign as much as it was like just telling our community like what we plan to do. So. Um, yeah, in, in February, we had an election, which, you know, we were running on a post. So it wasn't really an election as much as like a confirmation. But then after that, I decided to resign from my role at the IOP um, just so I could focus on the Campus Y. And since then, uh, we've been the co-presidents of the Y since since March, March 6th, I believe. Um, and so we took office right before spring break, not knowing that we weren't going to come back. Um, And so it's been an interesting journey since then, sort of figuring out how to uh, continue to lead and foster community um, in in the wake of the pandemic. 
Definitely. Wow. That's amazing. It sounds like you have a background that's just been filled with you stepping up and wanting to be a leader. And I love that. I mean, coming in to UNC as a freshman, you kind of already knew that you were going to have a position where you had to step up. That leads into my next question really well. How have you grown as a leader here at UNC and how have UNC resources and the university helped you in your journey? Yeah. You know, I haven't really reflected on that yet, so I'm glad I'm getting the chance to do so now. Um, I think coming into UNC, I was, I had like big aspirations. I was also a very shy and socially anxious first year. Um, I had come from a high school environment where I didn't really feel encouraged by the community around me and so I think being able to step up and you know shoulder leadership and take on these positions has been a lot of work and it's work that I've been willing to do but I think that it gave me a lot of self-assurance and a lot of you know as cheesy as it is a lot of confidence and like my capabilities in in leading but at the same time I think especially as I sort of stepped up in bigger organizations like the IOP and and like the Campus Y. I think there's a side of leadership that isn't really spoken about as much, which is how isolating it is and how difficult it can be and how much pressure there is to like make the right decision in, in difficult situations and constantly have to be like the voice of reason almost in difficult situations um, and I face plenty of those <laughs> In my time and so um it can it can be very it can be very difficult but I think that I have gained so much valuable experience and just like learning how to communicate with other people I think that's been the most valuable part of of this experience um is just learning how to communicate professionally but also empathetically and um sort of recognize people's people's like situations and their humanity first before like, you know, being like super demanding about like deliverables or deadlines. Like that's not how I like to approach things at all. And I learned that through the experience of um, sort of like working with people and being being um, lucky enough to like lead teams of like really incredible people. So I, I think I value that the most. And I think that's how I've grown the most is just in my communication skills and my decision-making skills. And I think UNC's resources have done a lot to sort of provide a sense of like stability around around the things that I do. For example, like the Campus Y is like supported by like really wonderful staff uh, who work there full time and they are some of the best people you will ever meet. I absolutely adore them. Wouldn't be able to do this job without them and without Delaney. And, you know, I'm able to have conversations with them some of administration. Um, the Campus Y also has occasionally and will continue to take an oppositional stance against some administration. Um, I think that's just part of what we do uh, as, you know, people who care about social justice and student activism. Sometimes you do have to um, take a stance against uh, the powers that be. Um, but I am really grateful for like the support that um, both the Campus Y has received and also when I led the IOP, um, the IOP did receive a lot of institutional support as well, both in terms of administration serving like on an advisory capacity and also, yeah, just uh, being able to sort of gain like financial resources as well. Definitely. 
that kind of leads into the next question. You were talking about your values in leadership. So what does leadership mean to you and what do you think are the most imperative qualities and tools a leader should have? I think leadership means something different to me now than it did before. I think previously, I think often, I should say it like this, student leadership has these connotations of sort of power and um, like influence over both the student body and administration, if that's sort of where your work lies. And I think, quite honestly, over my time at UNC, I've grown more and more disillusioned with that sort of conception of student leadership. It has increasingly felt like a very corporate adjacent um, sort of term in that sense. Uh, so I say all of that to say that my sort of current vision of student leadership is just very community-centered. It's very people-centered. It is existing as a leader in the acknowledgement that this work would not be possible without the community that it sustains, right? Um, and existing as a leader in the acknowledgement as well that like, that this work is not about me, it's not about my ego, it's not about the influence or power that I hold. I frankly don't care about any of those things. What I care about is continuing the mission of the organization that has given me like a home away from home and um, continuing to foster relationships with people that I care about and are some of my best friends and um, bringing students into this space that will benefit from the community and the resources that the campus wide provides. Those are things that I care about, right? Um, not really like, um, I don't know, like <laughs> making statements to the general public or like being like followed on Twitter. And like, you know, I'm not saying that like those are other people's priorities necessarily, but I think that it's really easy to get caught up in sort of the spotlight that you get as a student leader and like the fact that people want to hear what you have to say, I think is great. And I'm, I'm grateful for that. Um, I think that it can also fill your head very easily. For sure. No, I definitely understand that. We had a podcast the other week on leadership and activism, and they were talking about how it's not about you. It's about what you're working for, who you're working for, and not, you know, getting, not getting lost in, you know, the fame and like feeling good about what you're doing. Like, that's great feeling good, but what's greater is that you're actually making a difference. Absolutely. I think that one of the greatest like pitfalls of like student activism is when it becomes like ego-centered work, when it becomes about yourself and about feeling good and about saviorism, as opposed to sustainably collaborating with the communities that you want to serve. And, you know, I say collaborating instead of serving because collaboration means that you're, you're working together, right? And it and it um, emphasizes the autonomy of the people that you're working with rather than you doing a service for the people that you're working with um, and them sort of being um, indebted to you in that regard. That's not what I, that, that's not what I care about, right? That's, and that's not the type of like inequitable relationship that I want to foster through this work. And so, yeah, I think that it is really easy to get sucked up into that. That's why it's all the more important to sort of acknowledge it and, you know, speak frankly about like, what are your motivations for doing this? Like, what is the reason behind your engagement with certain communities or your desire to be in leadership? Is it about, 
you feeling better about whether it's your guilt or your ego. Um, and it's not a bad thing to acknowledge. I think it's really important to acknowledge when that is the case uh, because then you can sort of reorient yourself to focus on what actually like matters. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, and uh, I think that's been one of the greatest lessons for me as well, um, coming from a really sort of privileged background in a sense. Um, I grew up in South Charlotte. Um, in a predominantly white upper middle class neighborhood, uh, went to one of the best public schools in the CMS school, Charlotte Mecklenburg school system, Audrey Kell High School. Uh, if you're familiar with it, I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I grew up in like the, you know, very manicured suburbs of Charlotte um, and definitely had like the financial means to be able to come to a school like this. Um, and, you know, that intersects, of course, with, you know, my identity as, as a South Asian woman. And there's privilege there as well. But um, I think coming to an environment where I was able to learn how to collaboratively serve and, like, work towards a common goal with the people that I previously thought of as, like, people that I need to help or people that, you know, you need to save in a sense. Because that's the environment that I came from is that like you know if I if I saw my peers engaging in service it was uh very much with the um concept of like oh these poor kids and families like we need to help them out of their situation and that's not that's not realistic and that that ends up serving yourself more than it serves like the people that you're actually trying to engage with yeah I definitely see that I think for me activism and leadership it's about you know understanding that you're not speaking for a group, you know, you have the privilege to help people speak up and speak out. And we all have our different privileges and abilities to bring voices to the table and then also shed light on um, you know, oppression or different issues that aren't really seen. So I think it's important to recognize that it's not all about saving. It's not all about being the person that has given them this new life or whatever. It's really about helping in a greater sense. I don't know how to put it into words, but I think we're on the same page. Yeah. We've had great conversation. I'm so glad that you were able to join me today. My last question before I let you talk about Campus Y and kind of let our listeners know what's going on um, is if you have any advice for students and non-students looking to improve their leadership skills. Yeah, I think... Um this is kind of building on what I've already sort of spoken about, but really try to think about your motivations for wanting to do this work and think about reframing leadership as something in which you get the opportunity to collaborate with people who care about the same values and the same sort of visions for a better world that you do. And once you think about it as a collaboration instead of as you standing at the helm, like leading, you know, um, like a, a sea of people, like it becomes less burdensome. It actually is like beneficial in a personal sense and that it becomes less daunting, right? Because you know that you have people to do this work with. Um, and um, it just takes away from that sense of like, it being centered around you, because I really don't think leadership, you, this might be a little bit um paradoxical I don't know um but it might be a little bit like operational to like maybe 
these people's concepts of leadership or what that even means. But I, I really think that um, leadership should be approached through a more uh, collaborative framework where you all have a common vision and a common goal for what you want to achieve. And um, you all see what skills you uniquely have to best contribute to that goal. That's what leadership means to me. Um, it's not so much about directing people um, or like giving people guidelines or telling people what to do. It's about um, it's about understanding and communicating and 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 empathizing with people where they are and and figuring out how to best disseminate work and how to best build community so that you can accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. Yeah, definitely. You said earlier how being in a leadership position can sometimes be alienating. And so when you work in collaboration and you work as not the head captain or whatever, you know, it takes off that burden and that feeling of alienation. And I think that can only better an organization. So I love everything you just said. So thank you again so much for being here with me. Now it's time for you to talk about Campus Y, your plans, what's going on right now, and what listeners should be for on campus and off campus. Yeah, absolutely. So the Campus Y, like many other organizations, is doing all virtual programming this semester. We have a couple of exciting events coming up, including a screening of a documentary made by a former co-president and a bunch of student activists called Silence Sam. And it's about it's about sort of the um, period of student activism that led to the takedown of Silent Sam in, I believe, 2018. Wow, that was a while ago. That's strange to think about. But um, really great student-made documentary. Um, There'll be a screening of it next week along with a panel. Um, and so people can register for that online. In addition to that, we have a sort of publication in the works called a disorientation guide. Um, it's sort of modeled after, or it's based on the concept of like students, incoming students coming into campus and like receiving like an orientation about like all the great things about UNC. Um, and we want students to also be able to reckon with UNC's history. Um, and this doesn't mean like saying that UNC is like evil and you shouldn't come here, but um, I think it's important to understand that this institution, like so many, um, has a background and is, is founded on, um, you know, in white supremacy and in, um, you know, these oppressive structures. And that's important to understand if we want to move forward with creating a better space for ourselves and for future students. Um, but this is meant to be, the disorientation guide is meant to be a, a very creative, expressive publication. And so you can contribute articles, art, poetry, you know, really, really anything. Um, it's really just meant to be um, something for incoming students to engage with um, that will um, give them a more holistic picture of what Carolina stands for, for not just students, but for, for so many people, right, including the larger Chapel Hill community and so many others. And so that is another thing. Um, if people are listening, if that sounds interesting, if you're a writer or an artist and you want to contribute, please check out our social media or uh, the Campus Y website. Yeah, and I think... I believe all of our applications are unfortunately closed for the semester. Um, but check back in the spring because uh, there will be more. And um, I think that if we have any other events throughout the semester, then they will be pubbed on our social media, especially our Facebook. So 
If you want to keep in touch with the Y, um, Facebook and Instagram are the best places to do that. So people can go online, sign up for the online viewing of the documentary, keep mm -hmm. up with all social media, Facebook, Instagram. Everyone should keep an eye out because what y'all are doing is amazing. Absolutely love it. Veda, you are awesome. Thank you again so much for all your words of wisdom. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. I appreciate you reaching out. Check back in with us next time for more leadership conversations with our engaging and inspiring guests. Be sure to like, comment, and share Heel Talks wherever you are listening. We'll catch you next time. Peace.